Welcome in, everybody, for episode 68 of the Sports Gospel Podcast. Before we get into this week's show, a quick editor's note. As we were recording this, we discovered that the software was not recording for the first part of the episode, so we lost the first half of the show. So we're going to do a quick rundown here. This is part two of our top five NFL positional rankings. We did the offense last week. If you'd like to go back into the archives... Last week's show and listen to our offense, Andrew and I rank the top five players at each offensive position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and offensive lineman. This week, we did our defensive players. The show picks up about midway through our linebacker group. Luckily, I thought to take notes this time, so we're going to quick give you a rundown of who Andrew and I have for our top five defensive tackles, defensive ends, and my linebacker list. We get Andrew's linebackers for, uh, that's where the, the normal show will pick up. And one thing we discovered while doing this is really this boils down to what you look for in players and what you want. He and I kind of had different thoughts. You're with something this subjective, you're always going to get different opinions. But some of us want big stout run stuffers. Somebody wants somebody's going to go after a quarterback. And you especially see this in our edge rushers and linebackers. We did more of your traditional stand-up linebackers for one group, and then edge rushers. So we did outside linebackers and defensive ends kind of rolled into one group as guys who their biggest ability is to get after the quarterback. So starting with our defensive tackles, for me, had Fletcher Cox, the ageless wonder for the Eagles, coming in at number five. For me, the Indianapolis Colts, great DeForest Buckner. Number three, the Kansas City Chiefs, Chris Jones. Number two, the Nowhere near talked about enough Jeffrey Simmons for the Tennessee Titans, a guy who's been around there for a long time doing great things. And we say this a lot because he plays for the Titans. Nobody really seems to know about him or talk about his greatness. And then number one, slam dunk. You can't argue it. He's probably a top 10 all-time defensive player. Definitely the best player of his generation, the best defensive tackle in the world. And that's Aaron Donald. He's won every accolade. He's going to continue to gain those accolades. And he's... He's probably the best defensive player, if not all-around player, in the NFL heading into 2022. Not a lot of changes on Andrew's list. He had DeForest Buckner at five, Chris Jones at four. A guy that I really like, I just couldn't find a spot for, and that's Cameron Hayward at three. He was probably right on the outside looking in for me. He and Fletcher Cox, I think you could flip a coin for that five or six spot. So Cameron Hayward with the Steelers coming in at three. Number two, Andrew, the... Homer pick for the Packers and Iowa Hawkeyes, which you will find out more in this list. But he went Kenny Clark, the Green Bay Packer, as he calls him, underrated defensive tackle. And then again, Aaron Donald at one. Can't really debate having Aaron Donald at number one. Our defensive end was surprisingly similar. I guess I should call it edge rushers, not defensive ends. Outside linebackers, defensive end, edge players. So for me, number five, Chase Young, a guy who I think we kind of forgot about with the injury last year, came out as this highly touted rookie and then missed all of last season. I think he's going to come back on fire and be a menace for that Washington. Still have trouble calling it Commanders football team. Still getting used to calling them the Commanders. But watch for Chase Young in Washington. I think he's going to have a 20-sack campaign this year and be a monster. Number four, probably one of my favorite football players of the last 10 to 15 years, and that's Khalil Mack now with the Chargers. Kind of feels like he got lost with the Bears because they were the Bears and they weren't all that great during his tenure. They didn't give him a whole lot to work with on the other side of the ball, especially. But I think he's going to be reinvigorated with the Chargers, and people are starting to fall in love with that Chargers team as a potential Super Bowl pick. And if they're truly going to make that run, I think we're going to see the old Khalil Mack back the way he was with the Raiders. Number three is a guy who I think nobody respects anywhere near enough, and that's Trey Hendrickson. Was really quiet for those first couple of years in the league. Exploded two years ago with the Saints, and then the Bengals paid him a bunch of money. Now he's with the strange to say, contending Bengals team. So I think Trey Hendrickson's going to be a guy just get after the quarterback. He's long range. He gets off the ball. Just go get the quarterback. That's all you want him to do, and he does it as well as anybody in the league right now. And my top two, I think these two separate from the rest of the pack. They're two guys who are in their prime. Very, very different style players. But I think you could argue either one of them at number one. For me, Miles Garrett comes in at number two, just a shade below the other guy, also in his division. Miles Garrett, your big traditional defensive end, your Reggie White, Michael Strahan type, just this big, monstrous, tall, long, strong guy, the biggest arms probably in the NFL. If you look at him, he's ripped to the gills. So Miles Garrett's going to be my number two from the Browns. And then from the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm going TJ Watt. We've seen him explode the last couple of years. A smaller guy, quicker off the edge, maybe more... You know, Back in the day, probably would have been more of your traditional linebacker, but now that rolled up 3-4 edge. 
and I think he's going to be a menace for quarterbacks and don't really envy the quarterbacks in the NFC North. You've got TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, and Trey Hendricks in my top three Steelers, Browns, Bengals. So especially Lamar Jackson, no fun for him. You see why he runs so much with the guys who are going to be chasing him. But no fun in the NFC North or AFC North. Andrews top five. Again, be, be ready for a lot of Packers. He went Rashawn Gary as his number five. And this is a guy we differed on, Micah Parsons. I have Micah Parsons in my more traditional linebacker list we'll get to in a minute. He had him on the edge. Yes, he does do a great job getting after the quarterback. But for me, I think when you look at the Cowboys depth chart, they list Micah Parsons as a middle linebacker. So for me, that's why I had him in my linebacker group. Number three, he went with uh, Khalil Mack as well. So we're uh, with the same three guys just in different spots so Khalil Mack at three for him and then we had the same two Miles Garrett at two and TJ Watt at number one so again Andrew's top five Rashawn Gary for the Packers Micah Parsons for the Cowboys Khalil Mack with the Chargers Miles Garrett and TJ Watts and then my linebacker group and this was I think the only spot where I had two players from the same franchise and maybe why they're my Super Bowl favorite I will do more research and get into that here in a couple weeks but I have Devin White and Levante David both with the Buccaneers Levante David the veteran leader of that team and then Devin White the young upstart I think 2019 drafted out of LSU to the Buccaneers and he's been on a tear since coming into the league Tom Brady gets all the headlines and deservedly so for what that offense is able to do but that defense is stacked and Levante David and Devin White are two of your classic run stuffing, drop back in coverage, do everything you want linebackers to patrol the middle of the field. And this is where I have Micah Parsons. He had one great year. I need more sample size before I'm going to move him to the top. People want to talk about him as the best linebacker in the NFL. I need to see a little bit more before I'm willing to go that far and give him that much adulation. But a great start to his career. Deserves all the credit he's been given. Let's just see a little bit more. I think of the same way I didn't have his teammate Trevon Diggs in my cornerback class for the same reason. He had one great year. Let's get more sample size before we move them up to the top with guys who have been doing it for several years. And my top two guys, I think, are your classic run the defense, the brains of the operation on the defense. High IQ guys know the game, are going to get their teammates in the right position and really run the show, the quarterbacks of the defense. My number two is Darius Leonard for the Colts. A Kind of a feel-good story of a guy that nobody expected much from. Nobody saw this future for him and he's become a tackling machine in the NFL we have guys like this all the time to quell Jackson or Paul Puzlesny Sean Lee and now Darius Leonard's in that class where just go collect tackles he'll take on anybody running backs tight ends wide receivers he'll go after anybody and then a guy cut from the same cloth but I think just a touch better maybe a little bit maybe a little bit better on the intangible side just the about as smart of a defensive player as I think you're going to find, and that's Fred Warner for the 49ers. For me, he's the top pure linebacker in the league. And that 49ers defense we know has been one of the best. While we think of Kyle Shanahan as an offensive guy, that defense has been fantastic with guys like the Bosa brothers there, Eric Armstead, the used to have DeForest Buckner there, uh, guys like Richard Sherman coming in on the back end. But Fred Warner is the straw that stirs the drink. That team's going to go as far as he can take them at linebacker. So my top five linebackers, Devin White and Levante David with the Buccaneers. Micah Parsons from the Cowboys, Darius Leonard with the Indianapolis Colts, and Fred Warner from the 49ers. And this is where the recording goes back to normal. So pardon the uh, issue with the editing here at the beginning. Thank you for bearing with me. And now we're going to fade into Andrew introducing his top five linebackers. Yeah, I'm not listing Micah Parsons as a linebacker because he is predominantly an edge rusher. That's his best quality, so I'll leave him off of my top five linebackers. Number five, um, and it's my first of probably two NFC North guys that I'm going to put on this list, guy that gets forgotten about a little bit, Eric Kendricks. He's just steady, available, good in coverage, good in tackling, can roam sideline to sideline, but can cover tight ends when you need it. Um, cover other kinds of running backs out of the backfield. Just very consistent. When you think of Eric Kendricks, his career is just consistency-based. Um, number four, Demario Davis um, from the New Orleans Saints. Again, I think Davis gets forgotten about a little bit, but he's kind of a tackling machine. He's Fred Warner light 
he's not quite Fred Warner level, but he does a lot of things at kind of a similar level, but maybe not to the same extent that Fred Warner does. So uh, I really like Demario Davis at number four. And number three, Devondre Campbell, first team all pro linebacker last year. Absolute tackling machine. He fits so perfectly in the Green Bay defensive scheme, and I think he's going to be excellent once again at the inside linebacker. And there were so many times last year, actually, where Green Bay would play a lot of formations where Devondre Campbell was the only inside linebacker on the field, and that's just how confident they were in his abilities as an inside linebacker. They they rolled out some very interesting formations last year where they played plenty of defensive backs and kind of let Devondre Campbell do his thing as that one sole middle linebacker moved Rashawn Gary out, Preston Smith out, put in an extra DB or two, um, and kind of really made that defense look unique. And Devondre Campbell is a big reason why the Packers feel they can do that. And so that's why I'm putting him at number three. Number two is, is Darius Leonard. I think he's a really great mix of tackling and also provides a little bit of an edge rushing presence as well at times, although it's not what he predominantly does. He's mainly racking up tackles um, week in and week out. And he wants to be called Shaquille now. I don't know if we, if we saw that, but he wants to go by Shaquille Leonard, which is his actual, which is his middle name. I believe Shaquille is his middle name and he wants to go by that instead. We'll see if that sticks, but I'll have a hard time not calling him Darius Leonard. And then number one, we, we both agree here and maybe not a household name because I don't feel like middle linebackers are because they don't get the sacks that everybody sees on TV they aren't hitting the quarterback a lot. They're just making the routine tackles, but they do it so well. And Fred Warner doesn't miss a lot of tackles, and that's why he's got to be up at number one. So one, Fred Warner, two, Darius Leonard, three, Devondre Campbell, four, Demario Davis, and number five, Eric Kendricks. Oh, I did not expect linebacker to be the one where we had the same top two guys. I, I wasn't sure how if other people thought of Fred Warner the same way or if I was – in the minority on that. So it's good to see him getting some respect. And like you say, middle linebackers in this day and age, I feel like back in the day with Mike Singletary and Dick Buckus and some of those guys, they were more thought of, but today they just kind of, they blend into the background. If you're a real football nerd, you can sit down and appreciate. It's kind of like a guard or a center on the offense. You can really appreciate if you really watch it, but they're not often making the highlight plays unless it's a huge bone crunching hit that you don't get as much in football anymore. But Fred Warner, uh, yeah, you're right. Saying Shaq Leonard is going to be, different uh and then i think with middle linebacker also a lot of it is what you want in the play or the system like devondre campbell was around the league and didn't really do anything he goes to green bay right guy right place right system and they're able to maximize him so i think it's this is all subjective on what you like what i like what we like in our football and i think devondre campbell's a guy who proves that and what you like in your system and then demario davis is another guy for me kind of like Cam Hayward and Cam Jordan just love the way they play the game and a guy who's going to be around, be a warrior, give you everything he has. And I think he's really the heart and soul of that Saints defense. He's the one getting them riled up. He's the one getting people ready to play. He's the motor of that defense. So a lot of respect for uh, Demario Davis as well. He's a guy that was just for like, for me, like Bobby Wagner, just on the outside looking in. Yeah, that's uh yeah, it is really all about what you, what you want and what you value at the linebacker spot too. And we'll talk about it, I think, in in the corners and the safeties as well. Defense in the NFL now is just – it's not the set-in-stone thing that it used to be. There's just so many unique types of defenses out there. Um, and the way safeties and corners and linebackers and edge rushers and the way it all lines up for teams. There's some teams that play two linebackers. There's some teams that play four that play three that play five DBs on a regular basis. They play six DBs on a regular basis. They just have big safeties that are kind of function as hybrid linebacker safeties like an Isaiah Simmons does. Like you can, you can put Isaiah Simmons from the Cardinals as like a linebacker or safety now. So 
you can go ahead and move on, but I, I just think we needed to make note of the fact that defenses are just, they're not a shell, the same shell that they used to be maybe 10 years ago. Well, I'm going to use that uh, for my segue into safeties. And as you mentioned, with really more defensive backs populating the league, teams with four, two, five, or three, three, five defenses, we're getting a lot more safeties in quarterbacks, I think, than we used to. You know, the nickelback has basically become its own position. It's not just a supplementary package for the defense. It's one of the focal points of the defense now is a full-time starting nickel. Uh, but we're going to start with the safeties here. And safety for me is really all across the board. I A couple different styles here. I think for me, safeties, I tend to lean more on bone crunching. I need to stop using that analogy or that phrase. But I prefer my safeties that are hitters more than cover safeties. And I think that may show itself here. But uh, number five for me, Justin Simmons uh, for the Denver Broncos, a guy who's been around forever, it feels like. I know he's still a young guy, but it feels like he's been around as there's been a lot of turnover in Denver. He's been one of the consistent pieces for them. So Justin Simmons, my number five. Number four, and I think a lot of people consider him the best in, uh, best safety in football, probably definitely the fastest, but Buda Baker for the Arizona Cardinals, a guy who I really, really like. I need to see more of him, but just not quite at the tippy top yet for me, but a fantastic guy with a lot. A bright future left in him. Number three is a guy that I, if you, I would be stunned and happy if you put him on your list. Habitually, to me, probably the most underrated football player in the NFL, and that's Kevin Byard with the Tennessee Titans. He has been a monster for years, and nobody knows about him. Nobody talks about him. He's again Titans. Nobody talks about the Titans, but he is constantly picking up interceptions and a guy who just does everything you want a safety to do. And eventually one of these days, people will notice him and give him attention. He's my number three. Number two, I'm going to the NFC North, but probably not where you want me to go. I'm going with Harrison Smith from the Minnesota Vikings, the the evil enemy for you. He's been around forever. I just, I respect the heart, the way he plays, the way he commands that defense, the way he runs everything. It just seems like he never ages. You want a guy who can run up in the middle and take down a big bulky running back he's got you you want a guy who can cover anywhere on the field and pick off errant balls Harrison Smith will do everything for you and then number one I'm going with Minka Fitzpatrick for the Pittsburgh Steelers just you're all around complete player I don't think there's a better head to toe every fast of the game safety that can change a game the way Minka Fitzpatrick can for the Pittsburgh Steelers so my safety is one to five Minka Fitzpatrick for the Steelers. Number two, Harrison Smith for the Vikings. Number three, Kevin Byard with the Titans. Number four, Buda Baker. And number five, Justin Simmons. I had Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew just on the outside looking in. Jamal Adams, Jordan Poyer, Jesse Bates, Marcus May. A lot of great guys just on the outside looking in. I had more trouble. Uh, Derwin James, another guy we can't forget. The injuries kind of scared me off of adding him in there. But more great safeties than I expected to have to pick between when I did this. I probably came up with about 12 safeties to try to narrow it down between. Yeah. I think this is where you and I are going to differ the absolute most. Um, I do have a Titan on my list Ooh. at number five, but it's not Kevin Byard. Can you guess who it is? Is it cheating because I have all the depth charts in front of me right now? Oh, I guess that is cheating. Did he go to uh, the university of Iowa though? Yeah, he did go to the university of Iowa actually. But yes, I know who it is because I literally have every starting NFL safety in front of me. Oh, well, I guess I should have asked that question before <laughs> I uh, before I asked you the, the question about if you can guess who it is. So I'm looking at this from more of a perspective of, of guys that can do everything. They can they can cover um, inside, outside, even a little bit. You know, they can play that kind of free safety type. They can play slot corner even. Um, they can play down in the box and play defend against the run. Um, and I think Amani Hooker kind of fits that bill for the for the Titans. I think Kevin Byard is great in in coverage specifically. And that's exactly where Kevin Byard plays a lot of the times. He kind of plays that free roaming um middle third uh deep zone kind of kind of coverage and he can do that um but i i think amani hooker is a little bit more of a a do it all type and that's where i'm uh prioritizing my value at safety here on my list 
so I've got Imani Hooker at number five and, and number four. And I think this uh, defensive backfield has probably the two best sa- – they definitely have the best safeties from an all-around perspective, uh, this team does. So I've got one of their guys at number four and another guy on their on, on the team a little bit higher, and that's uh, Jordan Poyer from the Buffalo Bills. Again, a lot like Hooker, I think he's a little bit more of a tackler. He plays down in the box a little bit more. Uh, but Jordan Poyer has definitely been very underrated. So I've got him at number four. And then I think I'm going to put that guy from the NFC North that you talked about from the Minnesota Vikings. who has been around for forever. He's going to go at number three. I think he's lost a little bit of a step. He is a, a really good tackling machine, but I, I think the speed isn't quite there that it used to be in his maybe younger days. Still good. Still uh, one of the top five safeties, but I've got him down at number three. At number two, I'm going to put Micah Hyde from the Buffalo Bills. Um, again, it's a lot like Poyer. They they just use both of those guys interchangeably. If you watch the Buffalo Bills, big reason why they made it to the AFC Championship. Everybody talks about Josh Allen and the offense, but that defense was no slouch either in it's their defensive backfield led by those two guys are really a big part of the reason why. And so I've got Micah Hyatt at number two and number one is a guy who's actually been underrated now was a Chicago bear for, for a while, but he's also been the league's best graded safety by pro football focus in the last two years. He's the perfect mix of coverage and run defense and that's Adrian Amos. That's why I think the Packers are actually um, one of the elite defenses in the NFL this year. We've mentioned the other top five guys that they have, Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, Devondre Campbell, and now Amos is the best safety in the league. We'll get to the corners in a minute too, um, but that's my top five. So Adrian Amos one, Micah Hyde two, Harrison Smith three, Jordan Poyer for Amani Hooker five. I think I should forbid you from picking Packers and former Iowa Hawkeyes in the future. Well, then you would forbid me from picking uh, the good defensive players Mm -hmm. in the NFL and the good offensive linemen. So, and the good tight ends. Um, So I think it's really, (laughs) that's the, the magic of Phil Parker, who's probably one of the best defensive backs coach. And well, he is the best defensive backs coach in all of college football. Um, That's really not a debate. Uh, it's a debate as to whether or not he's the best defensive coordinator in all of college football. He might be that too. Um, so those, those Iowa Hawkeye defensive backs, man, and some of the linebackers as well. They, those guys really come ready. And Amani hooker um, specifically is a guy who played like that cash role at Iowa. And what, what that is, is someone who lines up all over the field he plays tight ends. He plays slot wide receivers. He goes down in the box and makes tackles. It really prepared Imani for the NFL. And Micah Hyde was predominantly a corner at Iowa. They didn't have the cash spot at that time, but that's why these uh, Iowa, Iowa defensive backs come ready. So there might be another uh, Hawkeye dad to the list next year. If uh, Dane Belton has any measure of success in the New York, with the New York giants. Who? Dane Belton. Never heard uh, of Fourth round pick from uh, the University of Iowa. I know you, you don't watch uh, you don't watch Iowa football like I do, but uh, we're we're quickly and slowly becoming DBU over there. Sure, I think it's weird how different we are. This is definitely. I think we uh, Harrison Smith is the only guy we had the same. But even looking our list compared to some of the other top rankings, like. The, the 2022 NFL top 100 is not out yet, but going on last year's uh, Buddha Baker was the number one safety on that 100. Jamal Adams, two, Justin Simmons, three, Minka Fitzpatrick, four, Honey Badger, five, uh, Quandre Diggs, six. He's another guy that I considered and Jesse Bates for the Bengals, who we need to start giving more respect to is number seven. Those So seven safeties made that list. 
And then I, I brought him up before, but Derwin James is a curious one for me because people have talked about him as though he was going to be the next Deion Sanders, was all pro as a rookie in 2018, injured in 2019, nothing in 2020, and then came back pretty well last year. But I just wonder if he's ever going to return to form. That's why I just couldn't quite put him in. Same thing with like a Jamal Adams. I feel like he has, he's been decent, but injured, not quite amazing with the Seahawks. So I don't know if is safety kind of like the defensive version of the running back where you know, one great year and then injuries, you can be derailed, but then you have guys like Micah Fitzpatrick and Harrison Smith who've been playing out of their minds forever to Ter- Matthews long in the tooth by NFL standards now. So it's a curious position, just depending on who you are and how you play it. And so many different ways these guys can go at safety. Yeah. Another guy we could talk about is Antoine Winfield jr. Um, he's, he's someone that I had on my list. I also like, uh, Justin Reed. Uh, he's another guy I was thinking about. Marcus Williams. Javon Holland from the Dolphins had an outstanding year. Uh, Minka, obviously. Derwin James. Some of the other guys you mentioned. Jamal Adams. He really functions more as a linebacker now. Um, he He's listed as a safety. And I think the same thing as about Buda Baker. The, I call those guys box safeties because they end up playing down in the box a lot and it's good they're good at it but i base my list more off of guys who can do all of it um they can do the free-ranging safety thing they can do the box strong safety thing and they can do all the things that a safety needs to be able to do well so um some of these other guys you mentioned they really kind of almost specialized in certain areas. And I think Jamal Adams is a really good example of a guy who specializes working down in the box mainly. I know one of these guys is coming up in our next and final position group, but would you rather have Antoine Winfield Jr. or Patrick Sertan Jr.? Ooh, both, both sons of former NFL greats, both Ooh, defensive okay. backs in the NFL. Tough question. Um, but I think at this point in time, I, I think the answer is Antoine Winfield Jr. I may feel differently after this season, but to this point, I think I would say Antoine Winfield Jr. Well, let's get to talking about Mr. Sertan Jr. and the cornerbacks up front. I did not have him on my list. He was one of those guys who made probably my final 12, but just, just missed the cut along with, as I mentioned, Trevon Diggs not on my list. Darius Slay, Denzel Ward, Marshawn Lattimore, a lot of guys, a lot of great cornerbacks in the NFL just on the outside of my list. But number five for me, Xavier Howard with the Miami Dolphins. Again, a guy that I'm not sure a lot of people know. If you're an NFL diehard, you've probably seen him, but not a real mainstream name like a Trevon Diggs. He's just been grinding away in Miami, and it seems like the Dolphins are going all in on trying to win a Super Bowl or at least put Pro Bowls all around to, uh, to make it easier for him, whatever they're trying to do. But with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones both there, and I'm going to butcher this last name, but Noah Igbiagani is kind of their third corner. They've, they're have they doing something with that back end in Miami, and Xavier Howard, I think, was disgruntled for a while, but it seems to have gone by the wayside, and he's happy with the Dolphins now, so I watch him to be a huge star this year. I finally did it. I finally got one of your guys in here. Jair Alexander is number four for me. I know I, I suspect you will have him higher, but... Green Bay Packers, Jair Alexander, I think has really been breaking out these last couple of years. He's number four for me. Number three is a Baltimore Raven, your quintessential Baltimore Raven, and that's Marlon Humphrey, the great cornerback from them, been playing his trade there for several years and just you know looks and plays like a Raven. Number two, the undrafted, underappreciated, out-of-nowhere guy, J.C. Jackson, really became a star with the New England Patriots and leave it up to the Patriots to find an undrafted guy that nobody ever heard about and turned him into a stud. He is another guy like Khalil Mack now with the chargers. And uh, we've left Asante Samuel jr. Out of our previous question, another second generation defensive back. He's the other cornerback with the chargers, but JC Jackson moving over from new England to the chargers. So he will have his hands full with Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr and Russell Wilson. So he's really going to get the chance to prove if he is as good as I'm saying he is here. And number one, I think this guy, for a vast majority of people, is probably right there in the number one or two position, and that's Jalen Ramsey. He's been a stud with the Rams and is a, a part of the reason that that team has been consistent. 
and being a Super Bowl contender year in, year out, and kind of reigning over the NFC West. So number one for me is Jalen Ramsey. Number two, J.C. Jackson with uh, Jalen Ramsey with the Rams. That's fun. Number two, J.C. Jackson with the Chargers. Number three, Marlon Humphrey out at the Baltimore Ravens. Number four, your guy, Jair Alexander with the Packers. And number five, Xavier Howard with the Dolphins. Too low on Jair. Of course. Um, but um, I think we're going to have definitely a little bit of difference. Maybe not much, but too low on, too low on Jair. Um, Xavier Howard and Slay just missing for me. Tredavious White from the Buffalo Bills. Um, Buffalo Bills and the Green Bay Packers, they can battle it out for the best defensive backfield in all of all football this year. But um, I think it's really down to those two. Uh, those are the two best defensive backfields from my eyes all around. But um, Tredavious White just missing. Howard Slay just missing. Number five is a guy from the Saints that I, I really like, a 2017 first-round pick, Marshawn Lattimore. I think he absolutely just locks down his side of the field. He can play in man-to-man coverage. He's, you know, he's your guy that you put. And all five of these guys that I'm going to mention are really, well, maybe not J.C. Jackson, who I'm going to mention next, but um, he kind of plays more off. He isn't in your face. Marshawn Lattimore is kind of an in-your-face corner who is able to shut guys down and really can live on an island. Most corners can, but, um, and the elite ones definitely can. But Marshawn Lattimore at number five. JC Jackson, I think he's more of like the ball hawking corner. Uh, people were really going crazy over Trevon Diggs, who I don't, I don't have anywhere near my top 10 because when he wasn't picking off passes, he was busy getting burnt. Um, <laughs> quite, quite a bit. Uh, JC Jackson is, the interceptions that you get with Trayvon Diggs without the getting burnt. So um, he's able to cover as well. Although I don't, I think he more wants to be a zone cover kind of guy, but not a, uh, not really a true man to man cover guy, although he can do that, but he's more of a zone cover kind of guy, but also picks off a lot of passes as well. He's with the Chargers now. And I think that will definitely bolster the Chargers. You mentioned Asante Samuel Jr., Maybe he'll be somewhere near the top 10 by the end of the year, but I think the Chargers defensive backfield is pretty good as well. Next is a guy who I don't think you would expect, and I didn't certainly expect to have him anywhere near my top five, but as I was doing uh, some research, I got to give love to a guy who was on a really bad team, but he was one of the big breakouts in 2021, and that's A.J. Terrell. At number three, um, I th- I think he just absolutely um, shut down guys like Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, and DJ Moore, who were incredible receivers, and he'll be asked to do it all again. He's really uh, the next generation of lockdown corner. So A.J. Terrell from the Atlanta Falcons. I think that's kind of a piece maybe that the Falcons can build around defensively him and Grady Jarrett. They at least have a couple of defensive players. They may want to keep and hang on to as they look to rebuild. They're definitely going to be one of the worst teams in football, but I expect AJ Terrell to be an absolute bright spot yet again. Uh, Number two here, I'm going to put Jalen Ramsey from the Los Angeles Rams I think he gets a he gets a lot of hype, maybe a little bit more hype than what he deserves. Um, I think he's really good. I think the hype doesn't really match the production for me with Jalen Ramsey. And then I put on the tape, he does actually get thrown at quite a bit, which I'll talk about the next guy on my list. And you'll say, well, what about the stats like Jalen Ramsey has better stats than uh, the next guy on my list. And I understand, but um, Jalen Ramsey gets thrown at a little bit more than the next guy on my list. And uh, so Jalen Ramsey, number two, number one, not going to surprise you, Jair Alexander. Um, I think he, he is an absolute lock it down. Um, 
I remember when teams were like afraid to throw at Richard Sherman because Richard Sherman threw um, locked down one side of the field in essence. And Jair Alexander is the exact same way teams literally game plan to not throw Jair's way. Um, and to me, that is the ultimate sign of a guy who's the, the best corner. There's still quarterbacks that think they can throw on Jalen Ramsey and they try him a little bit more often than they try Jair, which is incredible to say, but um, Jair is a, Jair is the best corner in all of uh, all football. So give me your top five again. You had Jair Alexander one, Jalen Ramsey two. Yep. And then number three, I had AJ Terrell, JC Jackson at four, Marshawn Lattimore at five. I'm trying to do quick math here. So we had, we had three cornerbacks, the same one safety, two linebackers, one, two, three, three defensive ends, and I believe three defensive tackles. So three defensive tackles, three defensive ends, three cornerbacks, the same, two linebackers, and one safety. I don't know if that yeah. what that says about us or the positions. but I think it says more about the positions and also what you value at each one of the positions. So, and I, I'll do mine. And then if you undo yours, just your top at each. So again, for me, defensive tackle, the best in the league heading into 2022, Aaron Donald, defensive end, TJ Watts, linebacker, Fred Warner from the 49ers, safety, Minka Fitzpatrick with the Steelers, cornerback, Jalen Ramsey of the Rams. I should mention Aaron Donald also with the Rams and TJ Watt with the Steelers and your best at each position. Uh, Aaron Donald on the interior, TJ Watt at the edge at the linebacker Fred Warner at the safety number one um, Adrian Amos and then at corner Jair Alexander so two of my top defensive players are, are Green Bay Packers and also there's more littered throughout the top five to the surprise of nobody yeah I know people <laughs> who know me might listen to this and go, Oh, well, he's a Homer, but uh, I, I really don't think so. Um, people who watch football, who know football are, are really high on those two guys. And also the other guys that I mentioned. And there's all, there's also a lot of uh, good um, stats that I read last year. I wanted to go back through my Twitter feed because I've, I've I'm on Twitter a lot, mainly for the sports aspect of Twitter um, the really good and cool stats that come from Twitter sometimes about sports. And there's a lot of uh, tweets that I liked about Razul Douglas and uh, Eric Stokes. I, I almost wanted to throw them in my top five, but I, I figured that was, that was too much. But um, Razul Douglas had a heck of a season filling in for uh, Jair after Jair went down and Stokes actually played the number one corner role, but Douglas was a huge part too. And now that Jair's back and we have Eric Stokes, who in a lot of ways, uh, there was a lot of tweets that I, I saw about Eric Stokes. I'm sorry. I'm going off for a minute about Eric Stokes where uh, his rookie season last year was comparable to, and in some cases better than, Jair Alexander's rookie season. So I put Jair Alexander at number one, but Eric Stokes played the number one corner role for Green Bay last year after Jair went down and did an incredible job at it and put up numbers that were comparable to Jair's rookie year. I'm not saying they're going to end up as the same type of player, but they kind of fit the same mold. They were really fast guys that the Packers took in the first round and they are teaching them how to cover and they're picking it up really quickly. So in a few years, you're going to have um, a really good defensive backfield for the green Bay Packers because Stokes will have matured a little bit and be gotten even better. I don't know. Uh, green Bay seems to pretty prime to have a, a really good, defensive backfield for years to come. 
do we want to give any respect to kickers and punters before we duck out for this week? Why not? So uh, I, I'm not going to give you a top five. If you have a top five, more power to you. Uh, I'm just going to give you my top one. So for me, this guy was a for a couple of years ago was allegedly the best punter the world had ever seen. Not getting quite the respect, but I think his numbers are still there. That's Johnny Hecker, four-time All-Pro and four-time Pro Bowler, still with the Rams. Oh, Carolina Panthers now, sorry. Was with the Rams for a long time, now with the Panthers. So Johnny Hecker's my pick for the punter of 2022. And then for kicker, I think I'm going to go with a guy who, dare I say, is Hall of Fame bound one of these days, and that's Justin Tucker with the Ravens. I feel like he's, when you ask somebody to name a current NFL kicker, Justin Tucker is one of the first names that comes to mind. So his numbers are still there a decade into his career. So Johnny Hecker is my punter now with the Panthers. And then Justin Tucker is my kicker with the Ravens. You know, I think I'll go with both of those. Um, hard to make a case against either of those guys. I'll be honest. I didn't prepare for kickers and punters. Maybe I would have gone in depth with the kickers and punters. If, uh, That's- if I had known we were going to be on the spot here, but um, nobody's mad. You know, <laughs> what you guys don't want an hour-long podcast with our breakdowns of the top ten punters <laughs> in the NFL currently? Well, you, um, you can you can tell us if you want guys with high hang time punts. You want a guy who has a good coffin corner. What do you, you know, what, yeah. what do you want in your punter? Uh, I want a guy that can tackle. No, <laughs> <At McAfee? laughs> my punter, yeah, if my punter has to tackle. I guess we're in trouble. But um, now we aren't going special teams gunners or anything crazy like that. But. I'll take Hecker and uh, and Tucker as well. Um, kick returners. Who is, uh, I mean, we've had some really electric kick returners in the, in the history of the NFL, but I'm struggling to rack my brain on who the uh, best kick returner in the NFL might be currently. Well, let me give, uh, give you some numbers here of the guys. Active players with the most kickoff returns for touchdowns. Okay. Two of these guys, I think you're going to be like, oh, yeah, maybe even three of them. I, I would say three of these guys are like the big name ones. Cordero Patterson, who bounces around the league every week, it feels like. Ted Ginn is allegedly still active, but hasn't played since 2020. Uh, Andre Roberts is up there. I would say, So I would say the big ones are Cordero Patterson and Tyler Lockett, I would say, are the two big kick return guys. Uh, I know you're not going to appreciate this because of where he went to college and plays in the NFL, but Kanea Wangu had two touchdowns last year. So there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There are eight guys in the NFL active who have multiple kick returns for touchdowns. And again, one of them is Ted Ginn, who didn't play last year, but is not considered retired, I guess. I mean, is, is Nwongu kind of the kick return guy now? Because like Cordero Patterson doesn't do that anymore. He plays running back slash wide receiver for the Falcons predominantly. Tyler Lockett doesn't really return kicks much anymore. Yeah, it feels like one of those things where you do it the first couple of years until you're too beat up, unless you're uh, Devin Hester. Um, yeah, he's probably the one. Jakeem Grant, Andre Roberts feel like guys who did it for a long time, but maybe aren't, you know, that's not their main-ish anymore. Let's see. What about that. a guy like uh, Jamal Agnew? Jamal Agnew has had some good kick. He's, kick he's high, on, he's high yeah. on the list. Danny Almondola apparently is still active. Amir Abdullah, Farrell Cooper, Jakeem Grant. Randall Cobb is on here's 12th in active among active guys in yards. Yeah. I think with some of the new rules in the NFL, um, there's a lot more touchbacks now. So I don't think we have as many opportunities for the electric kick returns, the punt returns that we, we kind of had before. Um, So we, we maybe gone are the days of the electric returner Um, stinks a little bit. Yeah. Those, the, the, the Ted Ginns and the, who did I just say? Cordell Patterson, maybe the last ones, but I think you're right. Those guys, you have Jamal Agnew, Jakeem Grant. Those are kind of Andre Roberts that maybe kind of the last ones. We'll see how much Kanea Wangu can do again. Uh, yeah, Deshaun Jackson, Antonio Brown, those guys are still considered active kick returners, but I don't know how many they're returning. Micah Hyde has yeah. three punt return touchdowns. Yeah, I do. I do remember that, but you know, now that he's predominantly a safety, I don't think he, he plays that role anymore. That was the last uh, great returner that the Packers had, actually. Um, still hurts. Still hurts to see that Mike is not a Packer anymore. But whatever. I I thought uh, it'd be an interesting conversation because I couldn't really think of great returners off the top of my head. 
So Nwangu, yeah, I guess he's the guy. All right. Anything else we need to touch on this week that we haven't talked about? Uh, we're about to get into the heart of fantasy football season. Do you, you want to just go another hour and talk fantasy football PPR? I think I need an extensive amount of research before I talk fantasy football. I have no idea what to expect for this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think I do too. I just, we're going to try and get you in a PPR league this year. You, you biting? Does, does Yahoo even offer those? I'm an exclusive Yahoo fantasy footballer. Yeah, I think they do. Oh. So. I'll, I'll try one, and then I'll remember that I don't care about a guy who catches 10 passes for 37 yards and no touchdowns every week, and then I'll go back to a league where that rewards touchdowns. Hmm. So are we going to get Yahoo to sponsor the podcast since you're exclusively Yahoo? I, I need to write them a letter. Yeah, write them a letter. I think we'll come back in, in a few weeks or whenever I'm on next, and hopefully by then Yahoo is sponsoring the podcast. Yeah, I need to, I need to map out the show for the next couple of weeks. No, I don't think we really have anything else to talk about. UFC coming up this weekend. Um, oh, yeah, the Nunez fight. Forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, the Nunez fight. So I'll be at the uh, local Buffalo Wild Wings here in, in Des Moines, Iowa, tearing it up and enjoying the, the UFC fights on Saturday night. Yeah, I need, to, I need to look at this card here to see if this is worth my money or if I'm just going to get the highlights. Uh, we got Derek Lewis, uh, who is one of my favorites at, at the heavyweight against uh, Sergey Pavlovich, Moreno, Kai Cara France, and Ooh, Nunez. Kai France. That's yeah, that's a good one. So Nunez is the greatest women's fighter of all time, but Pena stunned her last time to win the belt. I think Nunez is going to take it back, and she is the betting favorite, which people think is disrespectful because Pena is the champion and should be the favorite in some philosophies, but. No, I like that. I'm I'm going Amanda Nunez, Kai Kara France over Brandon Moreno. I think that's the interim title belt, is it not? I believe, yeah, at flyweight, it is the uh, the title belt at flyweight. So and you're you're yeah. yeah. I, I like the two title fights. You may be more excited about the Derek Lewis fight than I am. I think eh, I I've done well betting on Derek Lewis, but this other guy kind of looks like Drago from Rocky Four. So he does. Um, I'm just really attached to Derek Lewis because Derek Lewis was uh, one of the main fights. The first time I uh, really sunk my teeth into UFC about three years ago or so. Uh, One of my friends invited me to Buffalo Wild Wings to watch the fights. And for whatever reason, I was just like, yeah, that guy, Derek Lewis, that's my guy. So I'm kind of, I kind of roll with him now in every fight. Although I'm, I'm starting to feel that way about, Patty Pemblet or Patty the Batty. Uh, I watched uh, the Patty the Batty fight last week. I watched UFC Fight Night in London, and I didn't realize this until afterwards. But uh, apparently, uh, Patty has a has a contract with uh, Barstool. So after he won, he jumped up over the cage and went and hugged Dave Portnoy. It was <laughs> it was very. He also had Portnoy walking out with him when he was doing his walkout for his fight. It was very, uh, very interesting. And also, uh, they have a they have a contract with uh, someone else who was part of that card, Molly. I forget her last name, but um, I th- I feel like Patty. I-, I told my friend this after uh, after watching the the fight night. Um, Patty is it needs to have his way onto a onto a main card soon. So I think we need we need Patty the Baddie and Sugar Sean O'Malley on the same card. That was that, that was the exact guy I thought about. I feel like it's it sounds like a Sean O'Malley situation where I haven't actually seen Patty Pimblet fight, but he seems to be popping up as a media darling. Yeah, that's those are two guys like, okay, they're still on the way up. Maybe they're not main eventers, but if you want exposure and guys who are gonna create buzz, those are yeah. your guys. Yeah, I mean, they haven't really the UFC has some very skilled fighters right now, but I don't feel like they have the guys who can just create the absolute hype. I mean, the the crowd in London when Patty was coming out to fight was absolutely I mean, it was it was a home game for him obviously, but uh the crowd was electric and I feel like they haven't had that since McGregor was really at his peak. Yeah, they're they're begging for that next big star, and somebody like an Adesanya or an Usman or somebody needs to be that great promo guy. But 
Yeah, they've they've yet to find somebody who ma- who meshes championship level fighting with championship level talking and promoting. Yeah, I think Patty could absolutely be that. Um, Usman's a champion. Adesanya is a champion. I don't think they're the champion promoters, um, nor will they ever be. I don't think so. They're great. Um, although if they, if they faced off against each other, maybe that would set the world on fire. That's, uh, that's what we need. That is absolutely what we need is what we need is Usman versus Adesanya, but I'm not sure how that would go down, but, and we, we need Patty and, and Sugar Sean O'Malley. I mean, Sugar Sean O'Malley has already been a part of, of main cards, but I think Patty needs to find his way onto a UFC main card sooner rather than later, probably by the end of the year. I'm, I feel like these prelims are on ABC because it's telling me you can watch the pay-per-view on ABC, which I feel is a lie. Uh, that is absolutely a lie. You got to pay for it and watch it on ESPN plus, but you can watch the prelims on ABC and the pre prelims on ESPN plus. If you want to start your day real early, because there's, there's 13 fights Ooh, on no Saturday. So if you want to, Oh, there's a guy named blood diamond who's fighting real Ooh. early on Saturday. So maybe I'll put some money on him. <laughs> I have no absolutely nothing about this guy, but uh I'll probably watch some of the the undercard too, like the maybe not the pre prelims, but some of the prelims. So, I mean, the, the other guy's fighting his name is Orion Kos, Koski, Kosa. Yeah. Nope. Oh, there's some ESPN playing in the background. Anyway, you slice it. Typically, if your name is Orion, you'd have the cooler name, but when you're fighting when you're fighting Blood Diamond, yeah, yeah. Orion or Orion or whatever you want to call it. He's done. Put a fork in him. He's <laughs> fighting blood diamond. He has no chance just based on name alone. That's, that's how you should pick all your fights. Pick the best name. It's just like race. Might do, or like might the, do surprisingly well, might pers- do surprisingly well with that strategy. The person in your office who knows nothing about college basketball and picks March madness based on mascots and colors. And they always win <sighs> those people. They annoy me. They absolutely annoy <laughs> me. I spend hours and hours doing research just for them to win. Right. Sucks. All right. Well, we're going to duck out of here. Thank you all for joining us this week. It's a fun episode. We'll plan out our March schedule here. Probably have Andrew back in a couple weeks, and we need to do some college football preview, some NFL previews, a fantasy football preview. Need to get into MLB now that we're turning the corner towards the playoff race and We'll see how much action we get in the trade deadline. And as we mentioned, UFC is coming up this weekend. So no shortage of sports to entertain you and find somewhere to cool off in these hot summer dog days and just watch sports and be comfy. Thank you all for joining us for episode 68. We will see you next time. 